I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. Max White, everyone! We can hear you. Loud and clear. I can hear all of you. Well, welcome. Uh, guests today are my very good friends, recently married, uh, Bill and Cecily. Are you doing Rodriguez Federighi, or are you just doing straight Federighi? Just straight Federighi. Straight I don't Federighi. think the hyphen really sounds that great together. That's a lot of syllables. but A lot, uh, a lot of letters. Cecily's been on the podcast before, um, interviewed her about her job as, as modeling, um, but now we're back in a whole new dimension because you two have started a restaurant. Well, pre-pandemic is when it started, which was what Eat Free Pizza and we'll talk about. But now you guys have started like a brick and mortar um, restaurant in Chicago that's just taking off. It's all over the uh, all over the news, all the write-ups and everything. Um, what? Just tell me what it is, how it started from Eat Free Pizza to um, pizza, chicken, ice cream. Um, tell me the story. Go ahead, Seth. I have told this story a million times, yeah. so I'll tell it again. Um, so we started doing Eat Free Pizza out of our apartments. Um, we have a third partner named Brad. Um, so we would go to his place and we were just making different styles of pizza and kind of testing our recipe. The goal was kind of always to open a bar that also served pizza. Just that was what we were going to do. And so we started with practicing the recipe. And then one night... Um, randomly we were like hey why don't we just like give it away for free we like couldn't eat as much pizza as we were making all the time um so we started an instagram account and called it eat free pizza and people would basically write in um claiming one of the 10 pizzas or whatever we were making for the night they would come to our apartment and eat the pizza and hang out um local breweries caught wind of what was happening so they started reaching out um saying like, hey, can we donate like a case of beer for the night and like come hang? So we started getting free beer and free pizza. And uh, we met a lot of people doing that, which also led us to our partner for pizza, fried chicken, ice cream, Ed. He was, uh, he owns one of the breweries here in Chicago called Mars Brewing. Damn, you have told that story a lot. <laughs> that was yeah, very, very well rehearsed <laughs> when it first started. So like I remember being there and hanging out and like working hospitality on the stoop when people would come over and pick up their orders, you would do like a order service where people would DM you like, uh, tell us what you want on your pizza. Is this right? Like first five DMS would get the pizza they wanted. Yeah. So, um, by the way, your position was called the stoop tender. Stoop tender. Um, I can, I can, tell you, but we just term. kept going downstairs to the bar. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty you, you weren't very good. You didn't last yeah, you, more than a night. So you were pretty bad at your job. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, would do it like once a week and we would put it out there on Instagram and, uh, just say, Hey, first 10 people to message gets a pizza. So people would write in, um, and some people would choose toppings. Other people would say chef's choice, which kind of led us to this like experimental phase where we were trying different toppings and building different pizzas. Um, the first style of pizza that we started with was kind of like a New York Neapolitan hybrid. Um, so it really, you could put anything on it. I mean, it was great. Uh, so it was really fun because we also got to kind of spread our wings a little bit and try different things. What, so what, like, what made you guys want to start making pizza? Obviously Billy, very Italian person. Um, you guys, like every time I'm in town, there's always like Italian table wine. We're always like cooking amazing Italian food, but what is it to go from, kind of being a hobbyist cooking for yourself that makes you want to feed the people? Um, I think just in general, Cecily and I love to like cook for our neighborhood 
even before we started doing eat free pizza, we always had people over people like you would come over, we'd cook for them. You kind of always request a, a hot meal every time you swing through town. Mm-hmm. Um, and then me and Brad had been talking about a pizzeria. I don't know. I, I honestly don't even know why at this point we just wanted to open like a bar and pizzeria. And then we just started doing it on our own, like borrowing people's like we, my uncle had a brick oven. We'd go out there and use that. And then, we started modifying his oven in his house and working on that. And that's kind of how eat free pizza was born too. But I don't really, I don't know. Why did we start? I was going to say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of remember the conversation being like, it was going to be a bar that opened. Um, but it's easier to get a liquor license in Chicago yeah. if you serve food. So we're like, well, everyone loves pizza, like pizza at a bar. So it kind of like came I, from that. I think, yeah, it was always sort of like this, like, lore that you it was easier to get like the incidental food you know the license where you if you serve food you can get a liquor license like cecily just said um that has since changed now i think it's easier to get a, just a straight tavern license but that's why i think set us down that path and pizza we just love pizza i mean who doesn't so but let's so like chicago is known for their deep dish right and i know this is gonna drive you both crazy but I remember coming like uh, coming into town and being like, "Oh, what's like a good pizza? What like what what someone like me who's very like <clears throat> white bread call it? Um, what should I know about pizza in Chicago? Is it just deep dish, or are there other options? Before you guys had your own place, if you had to take someone to like what what style would you say was most commonly represented in Chicago? Uh, tavern style, I guess. Um, bar like a bar pizza. Um, it's I. People call it tavern style now, I guess. Old people will get mad when you say that, I feel like. But um, it's just like the square cut, very thin, uh, very low hydration dough kind of thing. You eat it, you know, in squares um, while you're drinking beer, basically. What's the – so, like, when you started first making it, you were kind of – I mean, testing on people is a weird thing to say. But, like, you know, you'd first start, like, kind of handing the boxes out. Have you had, like – isn't it weird when you make it for yourself and then you give it to a complete stranger? Is it kind of nerve wracking? Is it like being on stage and trying new jokes? Did you ever think it might like, is it weird? I don't know. I just, I've never cooked for anyone that I didn't know. It was pretty weird, I guess. Right. I mean, the first time a complete stranger took it, I was like, I wouldn't have done that. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely, (laughs) it was definitely interesting. But I think, I think also the way it started too was like, obviously it started with friends and family, right? So like friends and family would come through and then it'd be people from the neighborhood, the tailor across the street. It was pretty quickly like strangers. But then, yeah, but then I mean, it would be like, oh, a friend of a friend got it and they posted about it. So then their friend got it and then their friend got it. So it just spread kind of like that. So I think there kind of was like a connection somewhere until we became legit and like breweries started posting us and then people were like, okay, these people aren't trying to like poison us or kill us. So then like random people started coming, but at first it definitely did start out like someone heard it from a friend type of thing. Like it wasn't totally like, Oh, I've never heard of this before, but I'm going to go to some person's house to get pizza. You know, are there any toppings on pizza that people would ask for? And you're like, absolutely not. Chicken shrimp. (laughs) I swear to God. I swear to God. People ask us for chicken and shrimp. And I'm like, no, it's the, why would we ever put that? It's dry. And it's fusion. It's uh, have you seen that viral video of uh, I believe they're in Naples, but um, the the guy tries to put ham and pineapple on a pizza and deliver it to real Italians. Yeah, it's really funny. 
What's the so like if you had to tell someone like uh, uh, like baseline like what's your um, what's the most traditional pizza you can make and or order like from you guys what's just like your what's the pizza that I guess there the baseline one like currently yeah like at our current place yeah sausage jardinera I mean that's, if you want like a quintessential solid. Chicago pizza I think that's one right there we make our own sausage actually we have now we have a company that makes our recipe but it's it as you know. 120 year old Bridgeport, Chicago, Polish sausage company that makes it. And then Jardinero, which is like, a, I don't know, you, you've had it, right? Max? Me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jardinero. Yeah. I can't pronounce it's anything. Pretty much a, it's pretty much like a fairly a Midwestern thing, I would say, but from Italy. And uh, it's just a bunch of hot peppers and vegetables that have been pickled in and stored in oil. Uh, but that's probably the most Chicago staple we have or made now we love. used to go like you'd always i call them like billy's walkabouts when i was in town we'd like go get all the produce to make pizza and everything from home like you both of you are like actual not only because you own building in chicago but you invest in like your neighborhood is this just like a natural extension of that of like you know first you're putting a stake in there by living there kind of um and now you're feeding the neighborhood is that like something you guys thought about beforehand or it just happened organically I mean, yeah, definitely. We always tried to locally source everything, like whether it was, you know, getting our pepperoni from Bari, which is, you know, a local little Italian grocer that's, you know, I don't know, a thousand square feet. You know, it's a tiny little bodega type place. Um, And then even with now actually opening a business, we still source a lot of our ingredients from local places. So where we were before, we're in Ukrainian Village right now, which is where Eat Free Pizza started. Uh, pizza fried chicken ice cream is in um, Bridgeport, like Makowski, which makes our sausage is local to Bridgeport. Butter Dough, who makes all of our bread is a local Bridgeport bakery. Like we try to do as much for the neighborhood as we can when we're there. Um, I, there's not much that we get from outside sources besides things like cheese and, you know. But that's still mostly like Midwestern. I mean, it's yeah. And even when we run specials and stuff, like we were getting, we did a goat cheese pizza. Like we got our goat cheese from a goat farm in Wisconsin. Like we try as much to keep it like Midwest and local uh, as we can. Um, Bill, you're a director, like commercials, films, features, everything. And then Tesla, you're a model. So you both come from like creative backgrounds. Is this an extension of that? Like, cause obviously in the pen, if, if I would have told you two years ago that you guys would be full-time, is the term restaurant tours? Is that, is that a thing? I mean, I hope so. Is that yeah. that that's like the right yeah. term for it, though? But what do you? That's is something term. you guys planned on, or just because obviously all of our work has changed so much in this COVID crisis? Um, did you see yourself doing this later in life, or was this something that was going to happen right away, or well, timeline wise? It's totally weird. I mean, it's not what I expected at all this year, but it kind of. We're, and also we're like we're to say restaurant tours is weird too because we're in the kitchen and like Cecily's working front of the house so it's like we're not just like showing up and bossing people around like I did not think we'd be full-time in the kitchen for the past year well yeah and also I think it kind of all happened at the right time so the plan for pizza obviously was in the making like we've been making pizzas for the last eight years and so the goal was always to have a place so I guess in a way we kind of always saw ourselves having a pizza restaurant and having different places and things like that but I guess what we didn't expect was how much we would actually be like on the ground floor, like working like Billy's in front of the oven all night, like pizzas in and out, 
cutting, boxing. Brad's like topping all the pizzas. I'm dealing with customers and all of that. Like, I don't think we saw ourselves working every single day in a restaurant. And I think it kind of also all came at the right time because I don't, I think we were kind of naive in the sense that we didn't really understand how much work it was actually going to be. And because we opened in April, so it was like, we started in April, it was mid pandemic. Like we were lucky enough to have the time off from our other jobs to be able to go full force with this, because I don't know how we would have done it if we were still working our other jobs all the time. Are you guys seeing like any other examples of brick and mortar that are starting up during this that have been successful? In New York, everything is closing. Are you guys seeing something there? It seems like you guys have, along with your loyal following, you have like a core group of other restaurants in Chicago that you're working with or maybe shouting out, you know? Uh, a, a lot of restaurants switched to pizza, actually. I feel like pizza has been like this lifeline for a lot of people during COVID. Um, like restaurants that had no background in pizza switched over and they got, uh, some of them like bought trucks and stuff like that. Um, we're not fully what are we at right now 25 percent or something the restaurants opening. i'm uh yeah i'm not and sure. that that's a as of like a week ago so yeah people are trying to stay afloat but and it's been working i guess uh, yeah like a lot fortunate of that we've been busy or busy enough to you know keep everyone employed a um, lot of like even fine dining and and everything like that has switched over to pizza um just because it's the only thing that's doing well and i think that pizza is such a comfort food for people and also it's easy and like easy for families. Like everybody likes it, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people have made the switch over to pizza and there's been a huge boom in Chicago. So um, it's been nice being able to like keep up with that. Are a few restaurants. Oh, sorry. Ahead. I was gonna say a few restaurants, which I thought was really interesting. And I don't know if any, I don't know, some closed, but a lot of them turned into sort of like a curated bodega thing okay. that like, I think initially probably to sell what they had there, but then they turned their, their like restaurants into like little stores. And that was kind of a cool way to stay afloat too. And then another thing that you mentioned, Oh, sorry. Another thing that you mentioned about like, you know, people supporting other restaurants, like we do have, um, like, I think the pizza community is so close knit in Chicago and like everyone's been very supportive and, and even I think a way of staying, afloat and like surviving is a lot of collaborations. Like a lot of restaurants are coming together. A lot of restaurants that closed are allowing other chefs to come in and do pop-ups and things like that. So everyone's like really been working together to just kind of survive here. That's awesome. But I kind of wanted some shit talking. Like, is there a lot of bad pizza <laughs> coming on? Like what everyone's being so diplomatic there. What is there uh cause you can't, I mean, like I remember years, like years ago being at your house and when you guys would have your little bucket of like yeast, I guess your dough, what's that process called? Our starter? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, starter or whatever right. though. And you were like, I was like, what, what, what are they talking about? It, it was, uh, you obviously like, you traveled a lot researching it. You ate a lot of pizza. You figured out what you wanted though. But let's just say I open a restaurant tomorrow and I'm like, I'm a pizza guy. Like I would be producing like DiGiorno's. Um, What's it like to be based like, cause you guys have had like chefs and critics come in. That's like a tough audience and you're impressing them all. Is that, it's gotta, well, obviously it has to feel great, but how do you think you're able to do that? I mean, that's really what it is. That's what Eat Free Pizza was. It was R and D for two years straight before we got it down and figured it out. 
This is like a really cool business model because, you know, being there, even being awful at my job because the bar downstairs, Ola's. How is Ola's doing? Are they just closed? Are they shuttered? They're open. They're kind of open right now. I don't know. They, they're they, open as a cash and carry. I mean, they they're oper- not bar yeah. They operated That's- as li- They are a liquor store and a bar, yeah. so. Um, well, for people that don't know, in Chicago, there's this institution called Ola's downstairs from where Cecily and Billy live, and it's probably my favorite bar in the world and it's like a package liquor store and they have the nicest people there um it's such a, such a kind group um, i have a bad i have bad news for you though no what agnes is gone where'd she go she's not at ola's anymore she just le- like well will she be back just when wasn't sustainable yeah uh, well yeah she was my favorite monster r.i.p monster she's the best um yeah. That sucks. Yeah. But I remember being there and then like seeing the DMs that you guys were getting, like people pulling up in their cars, like a father and daughter. I remember coming up and bringing you guys like a six pack of beer to get the, um, you know, to get their like trade. It's not even a trade. They just wanted to like toss you some beer. Um, what's the next evolution for you? Like for it went eat free pizza, the brick and mortar restaurant now, um, pizza, fried chicken, ice cream. Um, what's the next step? Like, where, where do you guys want to see this? Well, this is something that you want to have pizzas in grocery stores eventually. I mean, I would I mean, love that. Cecily wants to sell out as quick oh, as Oh, I want to sell out as fast <laughs> as possible. I want to bottle our sauce and sell it. I want to make our own jardinera. I want to sell frozen pizzas. Fuck yeah. I'm in pizza biz for the money. I want, I um, want <laughs> a sausage named after me. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. Uh, yes, that'd be amazing. What's the, so now, okay, the first location is where? Is it Bridgeport? Yeah. And that's like a newer up and coming area, right, of Chicago? Yeah, it's, it's on the it's outskirts old, of the South End. Very, very old part of Chicago, actually. Yeah. It's one of the first probably neighborhoods of Chicago. So like, um, we hinted on it earlier, but Billy would always, and Cecily, they always take me for tours walking around Chicago and seeing kind of the old world. And my mom's offices were there growing up, so I saw a lot of that when I was younger. But was there a reason you picked Bridgeport? Is that for the history, just because it's coming up? Uh, our partners were there already. Um, so Ed, the guy who owns the brewery and the restaurant Kimsky, were basically next door to... Actually, you just kind of find this interesting. Ed's mom, who is a Korean immigrant bought a cash and carry in Bridgeport, which is like a very rough neighborhood in the eighties. And she's owned and operated that since the mid eighties. And that's our neighbor. And that's our partner. She's like the matriarch of the family and sort of like, what do they call her? The queen of Bridgeport. Yeah. They call her the queen of Bridgeport. She's like an 80 year old Korean woman. Now she's still, if COVID wasn't happening right now, she'd still be behind the counter working right now. Oh, I love that. What's that? So her, go ahead. Oh, this her son sons ed and mike they are korean and polish she married a a polish cop from chicago way back in the day and um that's why they have a korean polish hybrid restaurant called kimsky and then they started the brewery and then they partnered with us so how do you meet them through eat free pizza just through the social media ed's main chef juan who owns you know, his partner with Kimsky, he came through social media, through just hearing about it through like chefs and the food world. Uh, and then he brought Ed and Ed's like, I mean, Seth, describe Ed. He's just like <laughs> the most so eager, eager, the most eager guy in the world, like super excited. He's like, this is fucking awesome. He's like, if you guys ever want to fucking do something, we're doing this. I'll open a, a pizza with you tomorrow. And we're like, yeah, right. Like, who is this guy? Like, no way. 
And then like a year later, we're like, let's just call Ed and see what he's up to. And he's like, this is perfect. I wanted to open a place called pizza, fried chicken and ice cream. We just didn't have any pizza. It's like, why didn't I think of this? And then we're like, let's do it then. And he's like, okay. And then an hour later, he's like, I just bought an oven. We're doing this. Come by next week. And we're like, okay. And we like literally got the oven from another little sandwich stop, like down the street in Bridgeport and like wheeled it over on dollies and skateboards, like into the space. Damn. What, what, like, Going from like the ether of social media and cooking in your kitchen to having brick and mortar space, like what what was the most shocking part uh, of that trans uh, uh, of that transition? The hours. Well, <laughs> Cecily just has PTSD. Look, I, is it a little bit different than a seven a.m. Well, call time? When we yeah, definitely. When we <laughs> first opened, so so what we started doing was we signed on to do the spot with Ed and Mike in April of 2019. So it took about a year to build out the space. So we were building it out and then we were like getting ready to open in April of 2020 and obviously everything happened. So we were like, okay, like, what are we going to do now? We kind of like had a meeting, sat down, like figured out what we were going to do. So we decided to start operating as a pop-up. So we would do that twice a week. And we started, our our first pop-up was 12 Sicilian pans. That's how many we sold. And then we bumped it up from there, bumped it up from there. And then finally, when we were like doing it three days a week, we're like, let's just open. So this was in July and Ed and Mike were like, we're just going to build an outdoor patio. That's what I mean. Like he just does stuff. Like he's just like, fuck the permits. We're building an outdoor patio. We're going to make this work. So we built like a little pop-up kind of takeout window. They built patio. an awesome patio too. Like it's a yeah. really cool patio. Yeah. You can see pictures on our Instagram, but um, yeah, they built the patio and then we opened mid July, which you, I mean, summer's in New York, you know how hot it gets. It's the same. Yeah as summers in Chicago. So we were working and it's a blacktop patio. It's just like a hot, yeah. everything. And it's we're surrounded by like metal. And we're in front of 500 degree ovens all night. So like it was sweltering hot. We would get there at 9am to start building the pans and we were doing our own dishes. So we would like, there was nights where we left at like 2am. So it was like 9am to 2am and then doing it all over again the next day in the heat. Like, I mean, I come from like a photo studio background. Like I'm not, out in the trenches here of the kitchen and like it's a lot of work it's a lot of work and i really like give it to the people who work in kitchens because it is not easy and so that was the hardest part for me was like the hours and just i mean it it was a lot yeah first thing we did was hire a dishwasher that was our first hire um Mm -hmm. but i I was gonna say the most shocking thing about this because you said the transition sort of yeah i think just the most shocking thing is that it worked not that our end game was to get a restaurant, but like we started this stupid Instagram thing and then it turned into a restaurant. Like the fact that that happened and fairly quickly probably could have happened sooner, honestly, because if we took Ed up on his original offer, like it would have happened probably a year sooner. But yeah, his original offer was October 2018. But in like so, a year and a wow. half, we were able to like segue this into a restaurant. Yeah. And not to mention during in the economic crisis. What yeah. are they saying for, I've heard stats as high as one in three restaurants in Manhattan will survive and that's it. I don't know if that's, that's not vetted. That's just what I've been hearing from friends that work in it. Is it similar in Chicago? I don't know. It's been pretty bad. I mean, a yeah, lot, there's of, a lot like, of places that have closed already. And a lot of like staples that have been around yeah. forever have closed. Yeah. So, so our favorite restaurant closed. Which one was that? Cafe Marie Jean. Have you been there with oh, us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember going there. 
with Billy. Yeah, they close. Um, what? Mm-hmm. So, how many people total are working at the restaurant now? So we have um, three people on pizza, pretty mm-hmm. much on busy nights. Two people on slow nights. Uh, one building, one oven. Um, we have one fry guy who does all the fried chicken. Uh, we have a dishwasher. Um, we have two delivery drivers, and then we have front of house. So, so I don't know how many is that? Eight. Let's eight at just, most, I think. And four out of the five days, it, three of those are me, Cecily, and Brad. You know, yeah. Two. How is managing people been with like a workforce? Definitely different than because you're both kind of hired guns in your professional life. Billy, being a director, you're definitely it's organizing people. Not that different than. The, the initial thing about going into a kitchen environment, I looked at it as this is the exact same thing as a film set. And okay. it essentially is. And it's like a bunch of people working together for one goal. And going in with that mindset, it has been seamless to me. Like, I don't think it's any different. And I, I have a lot of, I don't have experience in a professional kitchen, but we cook a lot. So I just did that. What I do here at home, there, and it's like the same thing. So has, you know, um, we've hired good people too. I mean, everyone's been pretty cool. If the world goes back to normal tomorrow, right, for both of you, and it's like Cecily modeling shoots line up again, you're traveling, Bill, you're directing stuff. Would you put a placeholder in it? Like, I guess, would you be happy, sad, or kind of just rolling with the punches? Because it kind of seems like this is like the new life. Married now, settled down, made an honest dog out of Penny. Um, <laughs> If work She's opened up right tomorrow here. and we all got to go back to work, would you just, there she is. Dog is so I think because my, <clears throat> my work is, you know, at best once or once a, a month, yeah. I would still probably go back, you know, three weeks a month to the pizzeria. You know, yeah. I don't think I would stop. Look at Penny's face right now. She looks psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, we are, we're, we're, you know, our roles are going to change and they're going to shift quite a bit because we're potentially opening another place. So it's going to be less hands-on in the kitchen and more like supervising things. Yeah. I never worked in food things. service, but I always, I always wanted to, other than the, when I worked for you on the stoop, uh, but being <laughs> a comic, like I, I obviously it's the same, it's, it's service industry basically. And you get to know people. Is there anything you wish you would have known before you had started this? There's probably a lot, but is there one thing that's like, blindingly obvious um i don't know like our current who we hired as a dishwasher has been he's our youngest employee penny stop (laughs) our dishwasher is our youngest employee um and he's like really stepped it up in a way that like he's already learning how to make dough like we're teaching him everything in house so like if one of us has to leave like he can fill in anywhere like he's just really impressed us and is it because I just know like brick and mortar owning that it's like your baby. No one will ever do the job as good as you can. It's not necessarily true, but it's just that like passion of love and it's your baby. So you're going to take a lot better care of it. Is it going to be hard yeah. to divorce yourself when you guys both move into more like managerial roles or directorial roles? Or do you always see yourself like in front of the oven? there? No, I think it's just finding the right people to replace you and ones you feel comfortable with doing it. And right now I think we have a lot of great people, so I'm not too worried about it. Also, Brad will be, see like when this all started, it was going to be Cecily and I would still continue our jobs and yeah. sort of be in that same role we're talking about. And Brad who comes from like already like 17, 20 years of service industry was going to be more like hands-on there all the time. And I would like to think he probably, 
is grateful that we were able to be free for him for the past year. But now that we're kind of set up, I think knowing Brad will be there, will it's a lot easier because he has the same attention for detail as we do and, you know, cares as much as we do, obviously. So, and there's also like an artistic aesthetic with what you guys have done all the way from, cause I know Brad's an artist. You both are really into art. Um, I really like like kind of the minimalist style that you guys have always done. Even like everything from your boxes to your pins, everything that you do is like, it kind of like a place can kind of embody, I'll explain it. Like, um, it's good branding, I guess, too, but it's like it's very much you guys. I, I think that's probably one of the reasons why people get so excited about it because the food is great, but then also it's kind of like hip is such a lame word. But do you know what I mean? Like it's like a yeah, a and cool I aesthetic. I think actually like a lot of the branding we can attribute to our partner Ed. Okay, um, Ed. All right. Yeah, if you've ever seen um, like any of Mars Brewing, like their stuff, like he's just really good at branding. Like all their can art for their beers is is really cool. He gets like different artists to do each can and, um, he, he's all about the branding and everything. So, uh, the pizza fried chicken ice cream thing was definitely like, um, a lot of his work, uh, not his work, but you know, his people kind of, uh, making the logos and everything like that. Um, but yeah, the idea for pizza fried chicken ice cream was kind of to make it so that you can expand, like you can open multiple locations and it's kind of seamless and the branding is super clean and super simple. Um, and it could make sense anywhere. But going forward, I think we're going to have some more input. I think Brad's going to have some more input. Um, cause Brad did a really great job with the brand on the e-free pizza side yeah. initially, like all the artwork he created for that. And so like that, and, Going forward, I think Ed's kind of more, he really wanted, the pizza fried chicken ice cream thing was his baby. So he really wanted like his stamp on it. But now that we're all kind of partnering up and venturing out, he wants more of our like taste as well. And it'll change a little bit, but it'll still be like that same kind of cool aesthetic. Yeah. It kind of goes back to what I was asking about like pizza and you're kind of like giving it to strangers that are now, well, cause you go from free and now then they're buying it and it's like an expectation because now you're like a product on the shelf. Um, I guess like walk me through that just mentally. What is that like? Because the eat free pizza was so amazing and that, you know, people were just like, I just remember like the DMS going back to the same thing we talked about earlier, but like people being like, Oh, I would love just a pepperoni pie or something like that. But now people kind of like, like you guys have street cred, like in the food community. So, once you put a price on a product that you're making, well, I guess talk about that. Like, is it is it tough for that to because now I don't know how to explain. Like, it's you, it's funny because when we were eat free pizza, we had this super high demand mm -hmm. because there was only ten pizzas a night or something like that for people yeah. that can try to DM and get their pizza. And now that we're open, we kind of have that same oven Cecily was talking about. We kind of have crappy ovens right now. So we're still on a, we're like, we have the governor on, you know, like we have a limit yeah. for us. So it's sort of created that same demand. And it's funny how that worked out. Like we're not holding back to like be cool or anything. We literally at, at our limits and we don't want to put out an inferior product, but we are like sort of limited and people have kind of just rolled with it. Like we, we're not super expensive. I don't think by any means. No, our uh, cheese we, pizza we, starts at $18 that's uh, it. and then 16, toppings from it's there. It's a 16 inch pizza. Um, but 
we still have like a, a good, like high demand, like, a you know, a, and some people don't get it and some people get angry and we get these yeah. like sort of nasty comments. That Ooh, I like what? With. Tell me a comment. Just Give me like an example. Stupid people... things like, Oh, that's one cool way to run your business. Like I wrote it. I tried to get a pizza and it's telling me it's going to take two hours. I'm like, they're like, good luck with that. It's like, you're telling me good luck with something that has a high demand. Like, what are you telling me? That doesn't make any sense. Good luck like, with that. You're mad that product. you can't, yeah, get get the pizza because it's too popular right now. Like, thank you. Like, I appreciate that. Like, I'll take that as a compliment. But, what about food critics? Are they like dicks like how they are in the movies? I don't know anything about food critics. I think I could be one, though. <laughs> I I always wanted to be a food critic because be like, no. Yes. yes. Like but, um. The, drop the fork on the floor and see how long it takes for someone to get it. That's right up my alley. I mean, I think that also the food critics that have come in to our place, I mean, we do pizza. Like, yeah. you know, we're not like doing some Grand Akids fancy, you know what I mean? So I think that the people that come in to try our pizza are people who love pizza. So it's pretty easy. Everyone's really nice. I mean, we haven't run into any crazy people there's been some like egos a little bit, but I think that that kind of just comes with the territory. You know what I mean? Like Chicago is a small market. So if you are somebody like you can kind of have an ego, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they, other than that, like, it's not, I mean, it's not like anyone was like through the pizza at the wall or, you know what I mean? This is bullshit. Does Billy make yeah. the people like in the back say yes, chef, no chef. No, I would. I think you're totally under, you're underselling yourself there. What, like what type of, so when critics come in, because you don't have like, I haven't been to the brick and mortar yet, but because of COVID, there's obviously no dining in, right? No. So and also our, our place is really small. Like even before all of this, I think we had like 10 seats in the front. It's kind of like, you know, sit and <clears throat> grab a slice and leave like similar to like New York, you know, um, that's kind of the business model that we started with was kind of like bringing Sicilian squares to Chicago. Cause it's like not something that really existed uh, yeah. pre pandemic. Now everyone's yeah. doing it. But So yeah, to, to touch on that, we were opening it as a slice shop. We knew we had limited refrigeration. We didn't have a mixer. We had a, not an ideal oven. So we're like, we're going to do our Sicilian squares. We're going to make them in the morning. We're going to bake them off. And then we're going to just sell what's there. And that's it. There's no choosing, you know, we make like four or five, different pizzas, uh, varieties of pizza, and then that's it. In the summer, they would sell out. It was great. But then we realized, like, the patio season's ending soon. People aren't going to, like, be lining up this this uh, window that we had outside, this slice shop window. So we don't want people inside as much. We just want to make it, like, just pick up or delivery, and that's it. And we've been working on doing a tavern-style pizza, which we felt would deliver better. And then also, like Ceci was saying, it got really, like Sicilian squares turned into like a thing in Chicago in the last like six months. Is that because and of you guys? I like yeah. to think so. It's not necessarily because of us, but it got popular. And then it, it got to the point where like, we were like being like, a, like you hear a, uh, someone write about a new place. And it's like, if we didn't even get mentioned in that article, like we were like doing this before you. So I'm like, yeah. let's just switch it up. And nice. at the time it kind of felt not like suicide, but it was kind of exciting. It's like, we're just going to switch our food. We don't care. Like tomorrow it's going to be a different pizza altogether. And they're, you know, that's drastically different pizzas. The Sicilian square 
and a Chicago Tavern style are very, very different. What does a Chicago Tavern look like? Like a slice. So it's like your round, super, super thin crust, like cracker thin crust. Um, we do a 16 inch square cut. I mean, it's just very traditional to Chicago. It's like what everybody grew up eating. Um, but then, so the, why, why, why is deep dish synonymous with Chicago? Is that just some bullshit? That's some tourist trap. <laughs> Break that down. Like, tell me more about that. Why do I, it why? is. I mean, I mean, growing up in Chicago, I think Billy can attest to this too. Um, like you have deep dish maybe like once a year, like, if that, or when like your cousin from Naperville comes to the city, like it's, it's not something that you eat all the time. It's not, it, first of all, it's like, I mean, it's not a sustainable food. Um, Are you saying but yeah, deep everyone dish is the up, Olive Garden of pizza? Yes. That is exactly what I'm saying. Unless it's in a Chicago, good one. in Chicago, what'd you say? I'm saying unless like, I mean, it's not like in like the quality is not like shitty, but no, the quality is not like, shitty, but it's not something that you eat. Like it's, I mean, certain places are like Olive Garden, but I think that um, there are places that do deep dish and they do it really well, like Pequas and, you know, I mean, that's more of a pan pizza, but it's still like similar to a deep dish um, and do it really well. But it's not something they eat all the time. It's just it's just not. You don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, what's the New York version of that? There's got to be something that's like everyone talks about. Yeah. Uh, talks someone about actually much. eats. I had this ex-girlfriend that we visited in New York once and she made me go to Serendipity. Do you know what that is? It's from some <laughs> shitty like the movie? movie. Yeah. Dude, yeah. it's frozen hot chocolate, hot chocolate for like $35. Yeah. But that's, that's not even like, like, but that's not like a city, like the city's not known for that. Fuck that's no. Like I don't know how specific, she knew about this. It's just one shitty. That's a very specific thing. So I'm trying to think like what, there has got to be a New York version. Yeah, I don't know. Um, damn. I mean, like, well, like a dollar slice that's popular here, but it's usually just hot garbage with like, yeah, like rat shit. It on. is funny though, because a lot of New Yorkers like, or people like to create this like New York, Chicago pizza debate all the time. And they always go to, oh, Chicago has deep dish pizza. That's not pizza, whatever. Um, which isn't true. That's not our pizza. But isn't there a place in New York called Emmett's? That's a Chicago deep dish pizza place that does really well. Like, yeah, it used to be, I, like my friend really well. My friend Jeff, he films the pizza show for Vice or filmed when they were still doing it. And the list that he would tell me about, and like you've been watching the shows on there, I've never heard of these places, but they're like old school institutions. Emmett's, I haven't been before, but I know you've told me about that. Emmett's pretty, is like new or like three years old, and it was like really popular. I defer so it is all funny pizza knowledge to you. That, okay. Um, but then there's Spumoni Gardens and, or LMB Spumoni. Have you heard of that? Yeah. That's yeah. the one down in Diker Heights. Have you been there? No, but that's a Sicilian Square, right? Yeah, it's amazing. It's like mouth, it like melts in your mouth. And uh, one of the owners was murdered. Did you hear about that? Oh, no, full on I like mob style, story. like uh, over the recipe. A family member had left the company and tried to blackmail. And then they found him shot dead on his front lawn with like 10 grand cash on his chest. The suspect that did it was like a white male in his 20s in a hoodie, like legit pizza mafia that's crazy. shit that's crazy is it weird that i feel weird talking about that just anywhere public <laughs> i don't want to get shot <laughs> yeah you what's probably the, should that, yeah right be like calling people out what's the um when you guys were in italy what did you see like would you be confident taking your pizza to italy and just selling it maybe not selling it but like mm. giving it to a grandmother 
I wonder what the pan coming. maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think the Chicago tavern style would kind of go over well. Maybe I guess they all wouldn't... of it. Yeah. I think if you kept the toppings pretty traditional, you know, like really simple and, and clean. Minimal, cause, yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing is like, you know, Italy is obviously so rooted in tradition and everything like yeah. that, that, you know, obviously ham, on, ham and pineapple on a pizza is like blasphemy. But yeah. I think if you kept it simple and, and pretty clean, like, I think it would be accepted. Is there like a guide if you guys could do for people like don't fuck up at pizza places? Like if you're on a date and you're trying to impress somebody, what would you tell them to order slice wise? Is there a certain like, you know how like Cynthia Nixon, when she ran for governor here, I think, or senator, I can't remember what it was in New York. Her, her entire campaign was foiled by the fact that she went to a, a bakery in front of the press and ordered a blueberry. Oh, God, what was it? Oh, yeah blueberry bagel with locks i think it was Ew. like it, it was fucking insane like it was oh it was God. like when pete Buttigieg made that Buttigieg. remember when he made that like yow noise do you know what i'm talking about at all mm. okay i lost you both but basically is there is there like a faux pas things don't order at a pizza place you would tell anyone um like do you do you guys either i i mean i personally i i personally as someone who cuts the pizza I hate when people do half and half. It drives me crazy. Oh, that's, that's a stupid pe- thing. But they just get two pizzas at that point. Like, why do you do a half and half? And they're like really like specific. And we had a note on one ticket that it's like, I don't want to see the like ingredients cross over at all. Like, you know, they, they do, sh- they're on cheese, the hot cheese. They do shift and stuff. It's not going to like be perfect. Um, but Man. I still think don't order too many toppings. That's just, yeah. Annoying. Especially with the tavern style, I mean, it just, it's such a thin pizza, like really three ingredients max. We, just so you know, we, we like make our dough, then we roll it out and then we cure it for a week. So it becomes almost like a, like a cracker crust and it's very, very, very thin, like, you know, sheets of paper thin. So when you put too much stuff on, it just kind of ruins it. Oh, I have something that drives me crazy. Yes. People that order extra cheese. An extra sauce. An extra sauce. It's like we make it the way we make it because that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, don't go messing with that. Oh, yeah. That's like, a, yeah, when people like, yeah, I could see that one. Like we're making a crispy pizza and then you add extra sauce and it gets soggy. It's like, what, why? What's the point of that? Yeah. What's your... Was your desire to make a pizza place in Chicago because you thought it was lacking, like certain representation wasn't there in the pizza world? Or were you just trying to improve upon what was already there? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think that the um, the Sicilian style was definitely because of lack of representation. I mean, we've done the squares, you know, so many times on our trips to New York and everything like that, and we really love it. We're like, there's not really any places like that here in Chicago. So that was definitely like, and that was out of here. That was out of necessity though, too, as well, because we got invited yeah. to to do a to basically provide pizza for a party for the opening of the Hoxton Hotel when it came to Chicago. Okay, I it was that. like an event, and they're like, we want your pizza. We've heard about you. You know, you have like sort of like a coolness on Instagram, but there's not really an oven for you to use. We're like, okay, so we developed the Sicilian square recipe based on that. Cause we needed something yeah. that we could serve at a party, cut it kind of small. It'd be kind of a finger food. But and it was also something that we were making 
at the same time because when we were doing eat free pizza we were doing the new york neapolitan hybrid that was the pizza that we were giving away but we would always have people that dropped in like you would come to town you'd stop by like friends would stop by family would stop by so we always had a sicilian pan on the counter that we would have just as like family meal basically because there was extra people coming by that we needed to feed and we didn't have enough pizza dough uh to feed everybody you can just say it. I sleep on your couch and you feed me very well. <laughs> I sleep with the dog Penny. It's amazing. Yeah. What um what advice would you have for anyone? I ask everyone this too. If maybe not just pizza, but if you were to start a restaurant during the pandemic, what advice would you offer to someone that's doing it? Or you could also answer, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Um, I guess one thing I wish I knew was how often we would need to like jump ship, rebrand, rethink everything, change over. I mean, even since the beginning, we've changed over so many times and, uh, you know, basically just having to adapt to adapt, yeah. everything that's changing constantly. Like there's new news every single day. So having yeah. to adjust to that, like just be prepared for anything and also be willing to try anything. Because it's fortunate that we have partners that can help us out or they have the manpower to like do, you know, like we didn't, we're not going to have dine in. All right. We're just going to build a patio. Like that's unheard of. It was a parking. It was like a junkyard parking lot that they converted into like a beautiful patio within like a week. Yeah. Um, our dining room now, like we don't have a dining room anymore. It's now it's an extension of our kitchen. That's just the way it is. And who knows how long that'll be. Do you think once the world returns, working? if, and when, um, back to normal, you guys will have a, a space with like a front house. Like that's like the with... plan. I think, I think this location will go back to being a slice shop again. And maybe okay. we'll do a very limited, like we'll still do the Sicilian squares and then maybe like a limited version of like a New York style or like our, our New York Neapolitan hybrid that we could sell by the slice. Um, but to do that, we have to take like a lot of equipment has to get back into the kitchen because it's like in the, we removed tables, our booths, everything. We just took over the whole space. And I remember like you making the pizzas in your oven at the house now, but then now you bought your own, obviously pizza ovens, plural, or is it just one? It's three decks. It's like, so yeah, separate. so it's like a, it's a massive commercial, but like, is that, is the, the pizza's character a reflection of what the oven is and like its history? Hmm. I mean, I hope our pizza is better from where that oven came from. Um, so uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. It's not like a, like a, a, a tradesman's like favorite knife or something. It's, it doesn't. It's not like uh, an old, you know, an old brick oven that's built into a lo location kind of thing that you'd find in like New York or something like that. You know, it's just uh, a guess. Okay. A guess deck oven. All right. All right. What, uh, what, so second location is that, is that locked down now? Yep. Where's it going to be? Can you say? Yeah. Um, so it's going to be our suburban location. So we're opening up a place in the West suburbs um, in Westmont. Uh, and it kind of was just a easy opportunity. Um, it was a family friend of uh, the Marzuskis and she's also a, an 80 year old Korean woman who had been running this pizza place by herself for years and she's just she just can't do it anymore and so she wanted yeah. to sell um and it so it's an existing pizza place it's like basically a turnkey we just gotta like go in there and clean it up and revamp some of the 
um, like interiors and stuff like that to kind of put our own branding on it. And uh, it's it'll probably be open by, I mean, I hope by the spring, but um, yeah, so that's the next step. Is that like a slice shop or is that inside uh, seating? That'll no. be like a tavern. It'll be like a carry out pickup location also. Uh-huh. Um, so it'll probably be tavern style. We're thinking about bringing uh, like more of a deep dish style pan there that they already, ex- they already do it. Um, Kim already makes it. Uh, so we're going to kind of maybe learn that a little bit from her and start uh, taking that on. But um, it'll just be like similar to what we have now, like a tavern style. Are you seeing other people follow your patterns now because you did like the audible, you switched up to the tavern style? Are you seeing other places in Chicago um, kind of reflecting that as well? Not yet. No, I haven't seen that. I mean, it, it's a funny thing because like we jumped off the Sicilian style because we felt like people were, a lot of people were doing it a little bit and we wanted to switch it up. Yeah. But then we just jumped into something that's the most popular style. So it's kind of, you know, we're not like super originals by any means, but um, it was kind of fun and refreshing to switch it up, I think. Yeah, and also one of the things that we liked about the name pizza fried chicken ice cream was how generic it was. And like, we could basically do any salad pizza we want. Like we never wanted to be kind of like locked into one thing. You know, we started out with the eat freestyle. We went to the Sicilian pan. Now we're doing the tavern probably going to do something similar to a deep dish pan at this uh at kim's place so like it's just constantly evolving like we just want to like learn as much as we can with pizza and be the best at making each individual style it seems like the key to success along with like a good product is also your like your willingness to adapt like adaptation seems to be what the overall theme in this entire episode has been um moving forward but like you're already going to the suburbs what do you do another location in the city yeah. yeah. So our, so we have a third spot in mind that we're hoping for. I'm not going to like say too much about it, but um, yeah. it would be like our baby, like yeah. in the way that we talked about pizza, fried chicken, ice cream being like Ed's baby. Um, this third spot would be ours and it would be in the city. Um, honestly, Westmont only happened because of that connection to the family friend and all of that. And we're like, well, you know, a suburban location, it, it was a turnkey. It's easy to do. Like, let's just go for it. Um, otherwise I think that the potential third location would have been our next move. All right. We'll start wrapping up now. Um, what, uh, uh, wait, social media wise, because are you still, you're still updating eat free pizza, right? And that's like a crossover from ish. Yeah. So I, I still do some on there, not as much as pizza, fried chicken, ice cream, which the handle for that is pizza, chicken, ice cream. Um, just because that one's like active, obviously an active business. We haven't done the eat free giveaways in a while. Yeah. Um, but I do still post, uh, kind of like what's happening, you know, when the next pizza place opens, like announcements will go across the board. So there's eat free pizza, there's pizza, chicken, ice cream. Um, and if you have any interest in following like Maria's bar, Kimsky, Chicago, um, and Mars brewing is the, I'll put all the links in the, in the bio and information for this too. Was that hard kind of getting people to go from like, uh, eat free pizza, call it hobbyist, you know, like you're giving pizza, it's kind of a fun thing, but then to transition to be like, okay, now we're selling pizza. Was there any pushback um, at all from people? A little bit. I mean, it's weird. So someone did a segment on us that aired on like a local TV show here, like a daytime show, but then they sold it to 
What is it? Localish. The show is called Localish, and I no, it's I'm a not, channel. Oh, the ch the channel ch is Localish. It's an ABC owned channel, I think, called Localish. So this guy took this segment, he produced it here, he made it, he's he put it on this daytime show here, but then he sold it, and like we'll get people like I've heard I've people have been like, oh, I saw you on a TV playing in the airport in Oakland. I'm like, what? So this thing plays it all the time. Yeah, so we still get hit up constantly from people. And like every two weeks, I'll just get an influx of messages. Like, can I get a free pizza? Can I get a free pizza? And I'm oh, like, well, I mean, it's a pandemic. So we're not like really doing that right now. Um, but if you want our pizza, come here. And then I kind of just have to segue people to pizza, fried chicken, ice cream. But um, yeah, we, we still do get a lot of uh, free messages. But I, also that. eat free pizza is, is still technically like Cecily, me and Brad's like collective yeah. group. You know, like even when we do like local interviews, like, you know, for the Chicago Tribune or whatever, like we're referred to as eat free pizza. Because like okay. pizza fried chicken ice cream is, is is almost in a way it's like a small food hall. Right. Because gotcha. fried chicken comes from the Kimsky restaurant, who's our partner. The ice cream comes from Pretty Cool Ice Cream, which is like another establishment that's in um, Logan Square. So it's weird because people will write about our pizza and they're like, Oh, the pizza from pizza fried chicken ice cream, but it's technically the pizza from eat free pizza people. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So it's like a little slice of an overall bigger picture. It's like, but yeah. you guys are still eat free pizza. And then you're going to keep that name, right? Cause it's genius. Yeah. Like that's not going anywhere. What are you going to do? Like kind of random pop-ups for like eat free events. I think when things get back to normal, we've, we've done a few um, giveaways out of the shop. It kind of has lost its luster because, you know, coming to someone's stoop and drinking beer and hanging out with a bunch of people you've never met was really the draw for Eat Free Pizza. And obviously yeah. that's not something that we could be doing right now, um, given the current situation. So um, I would like to hope that one day we could do that again, um, maybe even if it is like hosting like a one time dinner or something from one of our locations. I don't know. I guess we would have to like address that when, when it comes up again, we, but the, the giveaways were really fun. We had talked about with one of our restaurants and probably this other location we were talking like this third location that one day we would have a place where there's like some sort of neon or, you know, something that lights up that's like free and for like a 15 minute window, if you can get in there, you can grab like a freeze pizza or something like that. And we'd maybe, do that once or you know once every week or once every two weeks how like what's the biggest event you guys have done in terms of numbers wise that, you, that you've catered is not the right word whatever uh prepared food for was the mars event one biggest? yeah probably yeah the we did the mars brewing um five-year anniversary party um which was called liquid dreams and there was probably about 200 people there would you say is that um how do you scale it up like that? Is that just more ingredients, more everything? Honestly, there wasn't that much more. Like when we were during the summer, we'd make, which is probably not even crazy numbers. Like if you probably talk to some place like Prince Street, I, well, I mean, like Prince Street Pizza, I'm, I can't even imagine how many pans they make a day. But that would be like 40 pans, which is, you know, eight slices per. So it's not a crazy amount, but okay. it was for our capacity it was a lot and at the time it was just three of us so mm -hmm. it's quite a bit to bake all that yeah i can't even imagine just scaling that up there and there's only one billy and one cecily um and brad 
And uh, okay, my last thing I want to do is this. In your best ASMR voice, I want you to tell me exactly how to make a pizza from from beginning to end. Can you do that? Can you guys do a little combo? I actually want to hear Cecily make describe a pizza. I don't I don't know how to make the pizza. <laughs> tell me how to uh, how how would you do it? Like just if you're explaining to me over the phone and I called you and uh, I'm like I don't know how to do this. How would I do it? So you. Describe, yeah. describe the Sicilian pan pizza. You can, right, you, okay. you would make those all the time. Okay. Um, let me see here. Ooh, she's getting nervous. <laughs> I am getting nervous. I am getting nervous because I also haven't built the pan in like three months. So I don't remember really. Um, we take the dough out of the sheeter and then we lay it. <laughs> I can't do this. You can't laugh if I'm going to do it. All right. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> all right continue i won't laugh we don't even use a sheeter for the pan <laughs> yeah what are you talking about? i don't know <laughs> i don't know i told this you i haven't like, made it in a long time I'm damn seth has got a good asmr voice that was fucking awesome hey maybe that should be my side hustle yeah all right so you don't do asmr just explain just explain how you make a pizza <laughs> So for the pan, um, we would we have to go in early because we have to pan the dough. So we would Billy would ball it, weigh it all out, ball it, and then we'd throw it in the pans with a bunch of oil. Uh, then we would press them out, let them rest, press them out, let them rest, and then once they were ready to build, we would press them out all the way. That's um, like three, three or four hours later. Three or four hours later, um, and then it would go like for a sausage pizza, it would go cheese down first. Um, we do the spices, so like oregano, salt, pepper, um, and then we stripe the sauce on, uh, and then sausage would, or no, sausage, and then we would stripe it on, and then that bakes for about 20 minutes. We did um, them like sort of upside down. It would be yeah. cheese, sauce on top, but yeah, like she said, we'd stripe it. Um, um, and then we would uh, let them, we would take them out of the pans, the hot pans, and then they would go on a rack. And then we would cut them up and then sell them as slices. They'd get reheated for like another seven minutes or so and uh, made to order. And then they'd get topped with whatever they get topped with. So uh, sausage would get like a little piece of fried sage, uh, some pecorino. And yeah. Did that make you nostalgic for? It made me hungry. It made, it made me, me hungry, hungry too. I haven't eaten anything too. So. What's your favorite? Hey, Max, what's your favorite pizzeria real quick? Um, I, that's Spumoni Garden. It's like my favorite. Other than other than you guys, other than Eat Free Pizza, you guys are my favorite. But in New York, it's at Spumoni. L and B is so good. Like every time I have a rental car and I'm coming back to the city, I'll just drive down there and get it. It's they're uh they're down in South Brooklyn, which is kind of like uh it's a different place. Let's just say it's a a lot less strict in the COVID world. Um, uh, mm -hmm. so you kind of like I definitely drove by on a Saturday night. And it was packed out, and I was like, nah, not going there. Uh, I like old people. I don't want to kill anyone. And you know, like, I uh, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that Spumoni is amazing. What's up with the sauce? Is it like, do you have one sauce for everything or are there different sauces? They're There's slightly different. Sauces. Yeah. Um, is that the like the Sicilian, secret? No, I think the Sicilian is the, the tavern is also cooked. They're both cooked, but, um, the Sicilian's cooked a little bit longer, a little bit, you know, darker kind of dank. Um, the tavern style is a little bit fresher cooked for less time they both pack some heat yeah when i was a young man growing up in west michigan um pizza hut used to have the new yorker they were called it and it was like a spicy sauce mm -hmm. just wanted to share <laughs> is that, uh, 
Is our sauce, sauce has a little with... spice. Too. Yeah, I like the spice in the sauce. All of them do, except for the the eat freestyle doesn't. It doesn't but have spice the... in it. No. Uh, no, it doesn't have heat like the like the pan in the tavern. Yeah, it's very fresh. Uh, it's also not a cook sauce. What's um, up with white pizzas? White pizzas work for some things. It doesn't work for the tavern. We've tried it. Yeah. Um, but we we did eh, we did a lot of we did a lot of white pizzas actually with the eat freestyle and with the um with the Sicilian. Uh, one of our we had uh, four house Sicilians that we always had. And then we always would have one rotating special. Um, and one of those house pizzas was um, the veggie, which uh, had a white sauce on it. It was like a roasted, roasted garlic, shallot cream sauce, yeah. uh, roasted mushrooms, caramelized onions, um, some chive. It's really good. Um, can I be a delivery driver? Cause I'm not, I don't have any gigs coming sure. up. Can I ride a bike? Yeah. yeah. Like we always need more deli- you don't want to ride a bike here right now but uh in the summer yeah i could be a good delivery driver i, I already failed at being the stoop guy but i could totally totally <laughs> crush it on the delivery how many wait are your delivery guys all cars yeah we do a six mile delivery radius so okay. crazy yeah it's a that's another crazy. reason we need another city location is because a lot of our customers are on the north side and we're on the south side and yeah where we started was on the north side so like our customer our original customer base is here in ukrainian village so um being down in bridgeport uh it kind of limits us to being able to get our normal customer base our pizza so that's why we have such a wide delivery radius and it's been a little tough but if we opened up another location um it can kind of bridge the gap and meet in the middle yeah kind of a nightmare for delivery yeah what's the your, your your target demo or i should say your your uh your your average customer is this like a guy that watches vice and like hipster person or are you getting some old people now a little mm. bit of everything i mean we don't really quite get the old well you we do yeah. actually we do, i mean i'm i deal with all the customers so i deal with all the phone calls and and people at the door and everything like that and um i think that especially since the tavern, you see a lot of older people coming in, people that like that Chicago style, you know? So um, it's, it's actually surprising because with a neighborhood like Bridgeport, it Bridgeport is so like, tr- like they like what they like and that's it. Like they've been going to Pat's for years. They're going to go to Pat's forever, like kind of thing, you know? So being the newcomer in a neighborhood like that is tough. And um, I, I think we've actually gotten some surprising responses from some of the people in the area and they really are happy to have something new. But I would say, like Max said, it's like your vice pizza. Oh yeah, for sure. Person. Definitely. That's that's, yeah. that's the majority. Yeah. That's the majority of it for sure. I, I have a real problem with the whole like old school like you know me, I'm an old man, but I'm still yeah. willing to like adapt. But no, there's old. some people that are like so like they so set in their ways and and they like garbage pizza. Like they'll like be like so hardcore into like the place they grew up at, and it's just terrible. And they don't want to try new places. And I don't know, it drives me crazy. And then you push them down in the street. So you're trying to say, Billy, no. you need old people. No. no. Uh, social media. Will you? Uh, I'll list them in the comments below um, or in the bio below. But uh, your personal, I'll put in there too. Both of yours. Um, any parting shots? We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. We we did a good job. What did I forget? Anything? I don't think I forgot. Uh, 
we well i wish that you had it there because we could do a shot of malort that's that would be a nice cap to all of this dude for anyone that doesn't know what malort is it is what is malort it's a chicago it's a wormwood liqueur wormwood liqueur that's very chicago it tastes like garbage a swedish immigrant named charles jepson brought it to chicago yep and uh, we drink it every single night at the shop we drink so we drink literally bottles we drink while we work um if that wasn't clear by my last statement but we drink probably about a bottle of malort a night at the shop Holy not shit, you guys night. are turning when we straight up. It. Well, there's eight people. Post. Well, six people, not the drivers. We don't we do not give drinks <laughs> to the drivers. Um but yeah, there's anymore, six of us. <laughs> what um, uh we're trying to get we're trying to get sponsored by Malort. Yeah. You do well, you definitely need to. Malort, come on, reach I out. I mean, we please. kind of we kind of are in a way. We know one of the guys that works at the distillery, and every time he gets a pizza, he brings us a bottle of Malort. Actually, I will say this. So you probably had Malort when it was really, really bad because some distillery in Florida had bought the recipe and was making it there and then repackaging it and basically sending it back here. But a really good local distillery called CH Distilling in Chicago bought it back and it's being made here and the quality is much better. So wait, recently plug two years or so. Probably. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's that new, new Malort. It's like a good, and you had Malort at Ola. So you know, that's some old shit that's been like had sitting it, been there in the forever. Back had it on, uh, when we did the show there at that, you guys didn't come out that night, but when I was with Jamali, um, what was that place called? The hidden shack. What was the venue that we did the comedy show at last time I saw oh, you guys? Um, what's that called? The hideout. The hideout. Yeah. Hideout. That place is yeah. amazing by the way, but they, they gave it to him on stage. Cause he asked, he was like, what I'm from London. What do I, uh, What's the drink here? And he was like, "Mate, I've never tasted anything like that before in my life." Is it? Is Malort Polish? No, it's Swedish. Oh, it is Swedish. The guy's just not yeah. Swedish, huh? Swedish, yeah. Interesting. Um, that hideout, by the way, is like in jeopardy of being just engulfed by like brand new like mega projects, yeah. developments going on. Yeah. You're They're holding some, out though. You're seeing so much right. of it here. I thought we'd be back there this year, but now the whole world is. Not so, gonna happen there. Uh, any like, party like, shots? Anything you guys want to say to leave before we leave? Before we get out of here? Do you just have to work tonight? No. No. I, well, yes, actually, I have to go in. We're switching over our whole POS, boring stuff, but I gotta go do that. I actually have like directing stuff to do, like treatments and that stuff. Yeah. Right now. I need to do a separate episode, Billy, with you about directing, um, and a follow up with you, Cecily, uh, with the modeling in times like this. But I wanted to keep this pizza, mm-hmm. and I think we were pretty successful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So follow them. Cecily, just the last thing you say is just um, follow you guys on which social media, like for the, for the shop, I'll, I'll link everything individually, but that's uh, yeah. Just tell them which one is it. Um, So you can follow us at eat free pizza and pizza chicken ice cream. Thank you for being on here. I appreciate it. Uh, Cecily, you're amazing. Thanks for having us. Thank you guys both. I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. Max White!